What up, world? Surpass first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by my friend and yours, Eric Garcia Gunderson of LeBronWire.com, the Associated Press, and a contributor to the New York Times, America's paper of record. Eric, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Yeah, just added that last one a couple weeks ago. But yeah, uh, I'm excited. Blazer basketball has been on the TV. It's been it's been good. And then last night it was like I don't care because it's the preseason. Uh, but it was still pretty bad. But like whatever. But yeah, no, I, I saw your message to the to the folks out there. Yeah, like the 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 team looks like crap and preseason is meaningless, but also they look how they look like you, you watch the game, you know, you know what you saw. No, I have to say like, uh, my number one takeaway is like, goddamn Nurk is like totally not ready to bad. play. But ba- he's not ready to play basketball right now. Like he's just like, I know that he was in, I know he had a lot of shit to deal with. What I'm saying is, is though, is like Nurk was like a step slow on like basically everything. Yeah, he and he committed some just frustration fouls, and they need him to play. Like he can't just give up stupid fouls. They need him to. They need him to u- use like five good fouls, not give away two cheapies. Um, I guess it's a way to get Harry Giles on the floor, so that'll be nice. Fans will enjoy some cheap fouls from Nurk. That's the the silver lining. But it's you know you want your best players to play. I, I think the big development here in preseason, if there is anything, is that the Blazers are slightly adjusting their defense. Um, what do you make of the of just the decision to go away from exclusively playing drop coverage? And what do you think? How do you think it fits this roster um, now that we've seen some some exhibition versions of it? I just don't think Cantor should ever not drop. I just yep. think I like he's really bad at not dropping. Yep, it's weird that they. So, they built I feel this like team anybody Cantor and Nurk. I feel like anybody else and cancer didn't really look too good dropping honestly the other day, but like, I just do think literally everybody else on the roster can, can like hedge and, and right. recover and, and realize what it is to do help defense on every possession. And I just don't think Cantor is capable of that. And I just think that maybe it's like, everything is what, what what's the call? Is it, is it, is it what it's black, right? When you call for the drop coverage, for the Blazers, uh, blue black is like whether to switch or not for them. Okay, well, well, there you go. It, it, then we'll, we're going to be calling black because I think black <laughs> is not switching, yeah. and blue is to switch. And it's just like they can. I also I don't think they should be switching like a lot either. No, I I think they had a roster that fit the old plan, and I get the sense that particularly Dame was like, listen, when teams play drop covering coverage against me i light these fools up it's a stupid defense against people who are damian lillard and the and the team was like yeah okay we're with it we agree let's switch up let's switch up things now that we have other personnel that kind of fits this but i think abandoning it abandoning drop coverage completely when you have yusuf nurkic and uh ennis Cantor is is dicey it might be dicey I think also, too, this is the other uncomfortable conversation about drop coverage is that it's not always the drop coverage that is the problem. It's the fact that guys aren't fighting hard enough to get over the screen right. or the backside help is not good enough. It's not that just the act of dropping. It, it's what happens within 
the strategy. You know what I'm saying? Like it's right. not as simple as like, yes, this strategy is trash. It has to also be executed well. And a lot of times, and I, I one thing I will say, last night's game was pretty trash. Dame though, like I, I liked the way that Dame was getting in on defense, you know, especially in ISO situations. And, and it's not he's always okay in those, but I do like that he it seemed like he was taking things a little bit more personally on the defensive end. And I thought we saw a little bit of that in the bubble. And if they, the rest of the guys can just, you know, act accordingly. Yeah, I, I do think one of the it, problems with the the slight adjustment in defense is that it does when you are in drop coverage, everyone stays home. And so the sort of areas for mistakes are limited to right where the action of the ball is. And when you play slightly more aggressive and you bring a guy up to the level of the screen, you're asking, you know, two players to come in from the help side. Now the mistakes are all five dudes. Everyone has to be connected. So in a way where maybe in the past, like a really good defensive player like Nurk could just kind of cover up for people screwing up. You are now asking all five guys to be on a string in a way that maybe they're not capable love and, and and they might get there they might get there by february you might say you know what this was a good change but i just think there's gonna be a lot of growing pains early and i just wonder and i i guess this will lead me into my next question is this team good enough for where do you think this team stacks up like are, are the growing pains worth it are they are is this team good enough to get where they want to go if they if they have to punt a couple games early because they're kind of figuring it out i think you have to, you owe it to yourself to try because yeah. they okay. have the yeah. they have the length they have the length now on the wings they have guys that are rangy that are and especially with Covington you know a very good help defender i think i think Mello can be a really good help defender when he's locked in i i i know that a lot of times he gets stuck in pointing and 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 and, and pushing guys in one way or another and pointing yeah. and not communicating enough where things need to be and i I, I do think, though, that if they can just – they just need to try a little bit harder and, and, and not just being okay with guys getting two steps into the mid-range and shooting a rhythm jumper because that is really, you know, a huge problem with where the Blazers have been. Like the Brooklyn right. game, the Brooklyn game before they made the, the, the playoffs, right. that was just like – <laughs> mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper after mid-range jumper like all those guys Levert, Harris, Dinwiddie I don't even know if Dinwiddie was playing that but uh whoever the point guard was at that time uh what's his face Chioza Chioza like literally all these guys are just pulling up from 15 and they know they can get a good look and like at least making teams find another avenue right and and not having it be the same thing all the time that it's like you know what we do this over and over again we're gonna win or at least have a chance to win and i'm down with them having some growing pains because ultimately i think their offense like i know it's not yeah 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 that that's the other thing that's the other thing it's like like and it's not fun to have to get scored on all the time but i do think Football in football they talk about it this way that football is four parts offense, three parts defense, one part special teams. And I know that there's no special teams in basketball, but I do think it's like four point five times offense, four point five parts offense, and like yeah, I mean four parts and like four just... points or three point five points defense. Like it's you can still win games if your offense is better than the defense because you can only do so much on defense. 
Yeah, pl- plenty of teams in the league have bought into this and have said, cool, let's just put a really good offensive group on the floor. Even the Jazz last year were like, screw it. We have the best defensive player in the game, but we'll just play a all-offense lineup and we'll see what happens. And they were like a middle-of-the-road team in the very competitive West. I think it's you, it can get you there. Uh, in some ways, the Rockets, too, even though they kind of figured out the defense for a little bit there in the middle. Uh, I, I asked you this a little bit, but where do you think the Blazers – after this allotted uh, offseason, where do you think they stack up in the West? Defense, defensive growing pains aside, where do you, where do you see this? Just, I think they're they're going to be a three, a three, four. I think three, four, two. I think two is even in the mix. Two, I think all right. That's right. I, I think their ceiling is two. Also, yeah, I think two. I think two is very possible. Like because I don't, I don't know about the Clippers, man. Like they they just have bad vibes, and, and like I just don't know if it. Like yes, Ibaka helps, but like. I just don't really like their whole team, and I, I just think there's a lot of issues going on there. And I think that the the Blazers are right in position to be just as good as the Nuggets, just as good as the Jazz, just as good as those teams. And and, and I think they're right there in the mix to be too. I think the Lakers are just you know, yeah. They're I, just I think one of the problems is that like two through seven in the West is like very very tight. Even yeah, maybe two through nine is going to be. Um, yeah, Dallas is Dallas is there. I mean, yeah. fuck. Phoenix is going to be really good. Um, there, it's there's just a there's a bunch of good teams. If Houston doesn't trade James Harden, even though they seem like they're trending in that direction as we chat this evening, uh, mm-hmm. they're still going to be a good basketball team. John Wall doesn't look like John Wall looks like he's like going to be a good decent. Like they're not yeah. going to just falter. To me, they look like the eighth best team in the West, and that means that they're going to be hard to beat because they're to be one of the eight teams that gets in the playoffs in the West is going to be. Uh, a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's Fact. let's come back in the second segment and talk about everyone's favorite eighteen-year vet, Carmelo Anthony. But before we do that, I want to tell my listeners about Built Bar. Y'all know Built Bar; it's the best tasting protein bar ever. If you don't know Built Bar, let me tell you, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in eighteen amazing flavors, all of which are covered in one hundred percent chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They got that candy bar-like texture. If you've messed with protein bars in the past, you know they could be chalky and gross. That's not what Built Bar's doing. They're making delicious bars. And maybe maybe I haven't sold you on the deliciousness. Well, let me sell you on this. They're all low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high in fiber. Wonderful for the keto diet. You're trying to maintain ketosis? Get some Built Bars. To do that, go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. So we're still chatting here with Eric Gunderson of LeBronWire.com, the Associated Press, and a newly contributor to the New York Times, America's paper of record. We talked a bunch about the Blazers' new defense, where they stack up in the West briefly, but now we need to talk about everyone's favorite 36-year-old. No, that's not me and Eric. That's Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is going to win sixth man of the year, Eric. Convince me of it. Convince, convince me that the award is coming. I mean, he has a realistic opportunity to average like 18 points a game. He's gonna I, shoot I, a lot. Like He's going to shoot a lot. It's going to be like... You remember this, and maybe some of the listeners will remember this, when Chris Kamen got signed by the Blazers, and they were like, yo, we're just going to give you the rock, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. But yeah, except when you come to the game, Kamen, you, you get the ball. 
yeah, when you come in the game, you get the ball and we're running the offense through you. And except instead of Chris Kamen, it's Carmelo. And he's had his moments where he's looked really good so far in this off in this preseason. Like in the first preseason game, he was cooking guys. He's had some not great games, but I think ultimately he's going to be a very useful guy. And he's going to be able, like, it's him against your average eighth, seventh or eighth man. Like it's not going to be him against the NBA's elite. And I do think that he's going to have an opportunity, especially on nights when he gets hot to finish some games, create some moments, you know, may hit some big shots that, in the minds of voters will stick with you. Like I, I really he's gonna think win the narrative he, battle for sure because he's good. And the media loves him. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I think there's some definite, some obvious uh, people who are going to challenge him. Like depends on what happens with Schroeder. You, you follow the Lakers very closely. If he starts, he may, may or may not start. Sounds like they want to start him, even though maybe they're they starting. They started him last night in the preseason game, and like I, he's saying all the things that he's supposed to be saying about how he doesn't want to infringe on LeBron's turf, so to speak. Well, with the creation over there on the bench and win six man of the year, my guy. It would be very easy for him, and also the, it would they'd be so much better for him. Yeah, if they just, just start Wesley, Wesley Matthews. Matthews. It seems like a simple yeah. thing. So I, I think Dennis Schroeder is is obviously a guy who can win it. Lou Williams can win it every single year. Uh, I don't know, does, man. The, vi- the vibes are pretty fucked with Lou Will right now. Like, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Like, like the whole thing with like I, I feel like he was definitely part of that. And there's been a lot of trade rumors. I would not be surprised if he's traded mid, like True. even there, he's early, the most likely to be traded for sure. Like. Like he's a guy that I just don't I don't know his place on the team. Like I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a guy from the Clippers for be six man, I think Luke Kennard is right. like or or most improved. Luke Kennard is like a guy that I would be like keep my eye on for sure. Yeah, I, I think whoever doesn't start between Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie is very likely to be in the running for six man of the year because the Nets are gonna score a ton of points, and scoring a ton of points is the best way to win six man of the year. Which is why Melo, like Melo, could average eighteen and three or some shit like that. Like he yeah. couldn't, doesn't even need to grab a rebound. But like people would be so into it, and he's he also has the reverence of the whole team. Like everyone's yeah. going to defer to him on the second unit. Like it's yeah, not even a question. He's um he's in a really good spot, and I think it's really there. Ha- Melo should have adopted this role three, four, five years ago, and he would have been cooking fools. And it's. It's kind of sad that it took him this long to get to this space, but mm-hmm. it speaks to how the Blazers do things that he was able to get to this point mentally with this team, with Dame, with CJ, with Neil, with Terry, you know, all, all the parts. It speaks to what they are as a franchise that he was like, you know what? Here in this, at this time, I'm ready. I think it's also what they went through together. Like, I don't think, I don't think Melo would be like so down to be like, I'm going to do this for the betterment of the team. Had he not just gone through everything that the team went through, barely getting in, having Nurt come back, losing Zach, like, you know, all these things that like, and and barely getting into the playoffs, like that bubble run, I think meant a lot to the crew. And And, and I think they've said, you're going to close games. Like you're going to be part of the, uh, of the crunch time lineup. And yeah. they're just they're just gonna take Derek Jones Jr. out and sub Melo in, and I think that speaks to Melo's to the ego, and not in like I don't mean ego in a bad way. I mean like lowercase ego, like it speaks to what he wants. Like I mean, you sometimes be in, you want to be shit. there when the game matters. 
shit, who knows? Like, what if it's like uh, they play someone that's going super small and it's like Covington, Gary Trent, Mello, Dame, CJ. Like, I can see that too. Like, with Covington at the five, Mello at the four. Like, I mean, and Covington, that's the best thing about Covington really is like he just like allows the Blazers to just do weird shit. Yeah. And not, and not just give up and not just give up a dunk every time. Yeah. Like that's been it with the Blazers, frankly, like when they do cool, weird shit, they give up a dunk or it's like Aminu and it's like, he's not going to break down offensively. He just can't. Yeah, he just, he only has so much in the bag that he can take out. And he's, he's really, he has a, like a, you know, a pretty high floor for competency, but a uh, relatively low ceiling there in terms of what kind of stuff he's going to do. Let's, let's take another quick break, come back and let's talk about the new guys a little bit. Um, there's some fun new additions and, uh, I'm sure you're as excited about our dear listeners about a couple of them. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You're still listening to Lockdown Blazers, and we're still here chatting with Eric Garcia Gunderson of LeBronWire.com, the Associated Press, and the New York Times. Talked about the Blazers' defense. We talked about Carmelo Anthony's realistic shot at six man of the year, a realistic shot at six man of the year. We touched on a little bit in the second segment, but I want to close the show talking about the new guys. Derek Jones Jr. And Robert Covington bring a, just another element to this team. What have you seen and what have you liked, or maybe even disliked about the new, the new forward combo the Blazers are rolling out with? I mean, with Covington, it's, there's just so much to love. Like there's, he's so good at helping his ball movement is really good. The way he's able to swing the ball across the other way. I feel like a lot of Blazers possessions in the past have missed that player on the wing to really not only just want to make the pass, but also have the ability to make a good one. His passing has been a, has really surprised me, honestly. Yeah. Like I've really enjoyed watching possessions where Covington is at the top and, and, it just, I think it's going to help, especially with him and Nurk together on the same team. Uh, I like Derek Jones. I, I really like his potential as an on-ball defender. I like the fact that he's going to be able to, you know, take the challenge of really talented wing defenders, the Jason Tatums, the Lucas, the, the LeBrons. Like, he gives them a body to do that. You know, there's he's going to be finishing a lot of games on the bench, though, I, I have to say. like like And, and while he's a really – a uh, passionate on-ball defender and he loves to take those assignments there's some things where he's just like still not and at least from what i've seen in the first couple of games where i'm like eh, that could be a little bit if tighter. you have to guard um like a non-lebron if you have to guard like not a big wing but a good guard like say you gotta guard john morant would you rather have Derek jones jr with his length or or gary trent jr with his like sort of pit bulliness oh i would rather have trent I, I think I, I think he's uh, I think he's a more dogged defender. I think he's going to be a little bit more you know fierce on the ball. But also, I think he's a smarter on-ball defender. I think he's a better shooter. Like if, if you're going to have to go against someone that's going to be, you know, I think especially in a guard matchup, more yeah. so is like you really need to have. I think Trent just fits better, and I think there's gonna. I think that's just going to happen. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think I, the I, length thing, like if you play a bigger, if it's Kawhi or even Luca or, or, or LeBron, obviously I think you just go length. Like, I don't think there's shit, even, much of a conversation. Yeah, but, even like, or if you're playing the Hawks or something like Gallinari, right, you know what right, I mean? Right. Like, like, like you put him out there, like it's a much better matchup to put Jones Jr. on that guy. But I do think there's going to be nights where it's like, 
like what if Trey Burke is going crazy? Like, right. You know, like yeah. I just think, and that's, that's the cost of being a like pretty good team is that some nights guys that are really good are not going to play. Yeah. And but I that, think that's, that, that's a challenge for Terry Stotts because he has so rarely had, and he might have 11 dudes who can play even without Harry Giles, who we'll talk about in a second. Like when Zach Collins comes back, I think the Blazers have 11 guys who can play each night and you can't do that. No. You can't have an 11 man rotation in the NBA. It's hard to play 10. Like nine is a nine is a good number to get everyone a bunch of minutes. And I know everyone wants to reduce Damon CJ's minutes and we'll, well and get that's there. What, that's what, and that's what, I mean, you and I know this Terry has said that ever since he's been a coach here, it's like, he loves nine, like nine is like ideal, but like, you can't like with this many good guys and also with how hard it is to win in the league and have enough talent to win, you have to create situations like this where you have a problem. Yeah. It's uh good on the front office to give him a lot of good players as opposed to last year's approach. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I do think that there's going to be, and this is why I'm going to miss being in the locker room. Cause you're not going to get those vibes on zoom, man. You're not yeah, going to no. be able to read who's mad mm. on zoom the way you can in the locker room, a dude staring at his phone, just pissed. You're like, Oh, mm-hmm. Seth Curry, you're, you're upset. You wish you played more, huh? Um, so it's, it's, uh, it'll be a tough to manage the egos. I think that'll be, I think that's going to be even not egos. It's just guys want to play. Everyone is competitive. Everyone. And they're all, and everyone's sacrificing like this year on top, on top of everything else, everyone's sacrificing. They're not going to be able to do shit. They have to abide by the league protocols and, and all those things that they have to do. I mean, it's going to be even harder. I think to take it to be able to not play. And yeah, I mean, I, Obviously, the guy that I think that should probably not play is Simons, but like I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he's the obvious choice that you you take Simons out. But if you, even if you don't play Simons and you go nine deep, it's hard to find room for Zach. Yeah, you know, and and, and, and I mean, yeah, because also like what happens too if they if Zach comes back and Portland's, you know, twenty two and six. Well. If they, I mean, if they if are, they, it won't even be a question. If they, are, if they are, I'm just saying though, like that's an obvious question, and like, right. like, like that's that's if you're Portland and you're planning, like, you can't anticipate Zach being back by mid-January. Like, I mean, maybe he's going to be back by then. Yeah, but, but if he's back the second week of February or whatever it is, and you're rolling, what do you do? Like, if you're struggling, it's easy. It's say, hey, Zach, can you try to help us give us a little boost? But if they're if they're playing really well, it's particularly if Cantor is fitting in and figuring it out, then it's, it becomes harder. If well, I mean, does, does Cantor, I mean, ultimately though, like Cantor may not have to play. I mean, I'm, I'm of the, I'm of the opinion that Cantor may not be like an every night guy. Yeah. I, I do think they brought him in here with the understanding that he had a big role, but the, <laughs> 20, games in, guess what? <laughs> 20 games in dog, uh, the things we talked about in November, maybe don't hold up the same way. Well, also, like, I'm just real talk. Like, bro, you're Enos Cantor. Like, you don't call the shots on what your role is. I mean, he knows a lot of senators. He, he does know a lot of senators. He's Enos Cantor. And, like, I know that he has – I love him for the vibes. Like, I think he's going to be a great addition for the team vibes. He's going to be – like, I'm already loving his airbrushing techniques. Looks good. Oh, yeah. The smooth face. Yeah, they got that smooth on Zoom. Smooth face if we were doing this on Zoom, I could do that smooth face technology right now. I'd get, get my pores just to disappear. 
smooth face copy. But no, I mean, like, I just think that Cantor, I mean, Giles, let's just get to Giles. Like, all right, Giles, let's talk about Harry Giles. He's the dude. Okay, listen, I'll just say it right now. Oh, yeah, he's a dookie. This is this Harry is terrible Giles, for you. Harry Giles went to the wrong college, but he didn't play there that much. So I don't have any beef with him. And I think he's pretty darn good. But how does he play? Is there a scenario where he plays? Well, the scenario is clearly like they make up some bullshit that Venus Cantor like got the coronavirus or something. Like I don't, I don't like I don't know. Like honestly, well, like, when they're I, healthy, there's no way he plays, right? Like there's it's just hard to figure out a spot for him. I mean, the the there is a way that he plays is that one day he does play like. Like I, I saw Terry, like I was watching that first half again today because uh, I didn't really watch it last night, to be honest, because um, I'm not watching. I'm, I'm, I care about myself and I'm not, not like tons watching. of preseason basketball. I'm not watching a ton of preseason basketball right now, but I, I, when I was watching a little bit, Terry did this rotation at the end where he snuck Harry Giles in for like the last three or four minutes of the half. I and think those, it was because Nurk got a third foul like a big dumb dummy, and so they just. But he didn't go back to Cantor. To your point, but st- yes. So that's the way Nurk gets in foul trouble. It's a rotation issue. You don't want to put Cantor back there. Let's get Harry Giles out there. Oh my God, Harry Giles just led us on a fourteen zero right. run, and he just right. steals the way he plays. Is he steals the game? He steals the minutes. He just he plays when someone twists an ankle or whatever it is, and then he's it's not just that like hard. To, it's not that hard to fathom either. Like I it, like no. it, like like that is a very realistic possibility. And the things that he's able to do in the dribble handoff game, yep, basically Nurkic has been yeah, able was- to do effectively and Mason Plumley as well like shout out to Mason Plumley he did some dribble handoff shit but he was never a threat to score like nope. like if Giles is there doing some dribble handoff stuff with the keeper and he's got his dribble and he's like he got blocked by Michael Porter last night but like whatever who cares like i i think that the more times he gets to play the more times he feels that possession out like it's going to go really well and to have a guy where it's like you give the ball to your five man and it doesn't just just like your possession doesn't just stop. It's like this continuous. Yep. It, you just have this full possession, and, and it's like it's like with Giles, like that's possible. And with Cantor, it's like Cantor is like very when he gets the ball, it's like one of two ways. Like he's either going to try and drive the basket or like set a screen that kind of goes nowhere, and then you're back to where you just were. And yeah, Cantor is a really good offensive player, but he he brings less of a dimension. But he is he is like he can he is incredibly strong and can go yeah. score on basically anyone in the league in the post and there is value in that no doubt about it so i'm i'm not i think Cantor probably plays and should play ahead of giles early but i i, I think it's reasonable to think that that giles could steal those minutes i think it's reasonable that zach could steal those minutes like i i think Cantor has a has a relatively long leash but certainly far from unlimited um well i i also think that Derek Jones jr while you know he's big money guy you know they just signed him with a nice contract but like i feel like you could slot giles in at the four if things are not going well with him as well yeah, like I, I, if you I, do I, giles at the four with nurk and covington like it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world and it wouldn't kill your spacing that much I do think the Blazers are pretty committed to seeing that wing pairing of Cov and DJ as like, I think that was the vision and mm-hmm. we know that both Neil and Terry are willing to be uh, um, committed I would say. with their vision. 
Pot pot committed maybe is a yeah. more like pot uh, committed they, is a great is a great way to put it. They, yeah, they, it's a very yeah, it's a very uh, diplomatic way of putting it. It's like, hey, yeah. we get it. Like you know, you guys put a lot into this. Let's see it through. <laughs> okay, Noah Vonley, shout out, yeah. shout out to Noah Vonley, uh, who played twelve hundred minutes just because they wanted to play him twelve hundred minutes. Get well um, soon. Get well soon, Noah. Oh, uh, man, yeah. seriously, yeah. stay For safe real. out there, Eric. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Where can the, the dear listeners who probably are, you know, we've got some old school listeners who are just, they're getting flashbacks here in your voice on the pod. Where can <laughs> they find more of you? Cause you are everywhere these days on the internet. Yeah. You can find me. Uh, I'm going to be writing mostly about the blazers this year at blazerbanter.substack.com. We just did our, uh, NBA preview with myself and the riffs man, uh, who you may know from Twitter and from Boston Celtics, Twitter, he lent us his brain for the Blazers preview, which I was really stoked about because I've done a lot of Blazers previews in my day, and I didn't really want to do one. <laughs> so uh, as great as this team, I think, can be, uh, I just didn't really want to do a Blazers preview, but I did write some over there. We're going to be doing a lot of Blazers writing. You can find my stuff on the Lakers, LeBron James at lebronwire.usatoday.com, and also I'm going to be covering the Blazers and all the games at the Moda Center um, to start the season, at least for the first couple of weeks. So you can find me there, and then you can also find me in the December 4th issue of the New York Times. Oh, look at that. Everywhere. Yeah. Listen, Eric, as as all of our writing goes online, Eric writing for the Associated Press, when they bust open the time capsule 400 years from now, he'll be the only one left. The only one I hope, left, I'm, so. I'm, I'm hoping uh, that, that's the investment right yeah, now. Yeah, his, his recaps will be uh, will be in there forever. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We'll do it again soon. I've promised my dear listeners that I'm going to do more interviews. So that means I'm going to tap into more Eric Garcia Gunderson. I'm going to you, check your phone. You're going to get more text messages here in the future. We'd love to see it. Tell your friends about this podcast. They can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.